millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we're doing the next movie in our quarantine movie roulette wheel, Snowpiercer. Oh yeah, another movie by my favorite man on this planet, Bong Joon-ho. Yeah! Um, A.K.A. winner of Best Screenplay at last year's Oscars, Best Foreign Film at last year's Oscars with Parasite, Best Director Bong Joon-ho, and Best Picture Parasite. Oh, shit. My man (laughs) won it all. Won Won it all. all. (laughs) And deserved it. So, yeah, so we're talking about Snowpiercer, which was uh, his 2013 um, sci-fi that this is the first time that I found out about Bong Joon-ho was from from this movie. And uh, I remember that it had Chris Evans in it and everything. And I um, I think the first time I watched it was, uh, I mean, it was a it was a bit ago. I say, I say so like several years ago. So was this a movie? That just so happened to be on Netflix, or was this a Netflix produced movie? And I think it was a Netflix movie. Like I think that like it was specifically released on Netflix um, when it came out, like for America at least. Okay, and same thing with with his other one as well. Um, the uh, yes, Okja. Uh, yes, Okja. I still yes, need to watch I, that one. I've seen that one as well. Yeah, yeah. Um. um so Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. Can, can we, I confess we, something we before we yeah, start? Go. So you confess. picked this okay. one. Yeah, so like <laughs> the other day you were like, are you ready to record Snowpiercer? And I was like, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I was, I had not watched it yet because I was like, okay. This movie kind of upset me the first time I saw it. Um, and I think I just was not ready to watch it again. And I was like, I have to talk about this movie. Can I just do it without watching it again? And then I was like, no, I gotta watch it. So today I sat and I watched the whole thing in my bed on my iPad. And I I just, I felt like I was going to cheat you guys if I didn't watch the movie again. Um, because... Asana, I'm, I'm really happy that you that you rewatched it because... Uh... Because now it's fresh in your mind, and uh, and now we are we are both ready to just to just talk the shit out of this movie. It's very fresh, and like honestly, it's still it was so impactful the first time I saw it that I definitely remembered like most of the stuff. Like I think the only one that I the part that I didn't really remember was like the whole like hatchet guys, like all of the men in the black like leather suits and stuff. I didn't really re- recall that part, but, like, everything else I've pretty much remembered. There are some very memorable scenes. Um, it it made me think a lot of, like, uh, 
what's the shit with Katniss Everdeen? Oh, What's, Hunger Games. Yeah. Yes. It was It reminded a me lot a lot like that. of it that. It really was a lot like that. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, and there were some parts of it I really enjoyed. Um and there were some gripes that I kind of have with it that we'll kind of talk about. Um I probably won't watch this movie again, and I don't know if I'll watch the show that's going to be made about it either. I mean, maybe. I'm I'm, I'm slightly uh, interested. Because yeah. the story's very interesting. I just felt like... I just felt like the movie didn't do enough to really make me that interested. Yeah. Like, it was like... It yeah. was interesting, but by the end, I'm like, okay, well, now the hype's kind of over, and now I just don't really care. It's just like... Yeah. That's just how I feel about it now, after the fact. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, it... There was a lot going on. It was a little... I guess tough to piece things together because it was, it was hard to tell if the movie was just being artistic or just being kind of, kind of flouncy in its own way, like mm-hmm. or or just being a bit much. It was mm-hmm. hard to tell. Like I was like, okay, this looks like the cameraman was trying to do something artistic here, but it's just not coming off as that. It's just coming off as, as like amateur. Like sometimes, I mean, sometimes, yeah. Like, I think it definitely was very, it was very artistic. It was very, like, uh, purposeful. Like, everything yeah. was very purposeful. And that's why I think it was a good movie uh, because of that situation. Like, I think the problem with, like, other kind of dystopian movies is that they're really not, like, the ramifications of things are not taken seriously but then sometimes they're taken too seriously and I felt like with this movie and this story considering that it comes from a graphic novel you're kind of not taking it as seriously like I think from the moment you see Tilda Swinton's character and the way that she talks it's like oh this is like supposed to be something that you're not taking like a hundred percent seriously and you're just like here for the ride you know what I mean yeah, like, Tilda Swinton's character makes me think of someone you'd see in, like, Umbrella Academy, which has its which has its fair share of serious moments, but then also its fun, kooky moments, because that's how the show sh- sets itself up, and that's how the show decided to be. Definitely. This, like, this had some humor in it, and I can kind of sense the dark humor that kind of came with Parasite, and how, like, it was kind of try, but I didn't like the humor in this as much as I did in Parasite. The humor in this yeah. just, like, fell, fell flat, and... It just, it didn't have that draw. Like, yeah. Parasite had such great humor, and this tried, but it just went stale fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, like, And since... that's interesting that this, is, that this is a graphic novel. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, it's And it's almost sad beginning. that this wasn't almost written, like, I mean, is the graphic novel good? I, I wonder if anyone's, like, read it. Because this was so interesting, I wanted more information about it and kind of, like, how they got here. I mean, they gave us a little interlude in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, like, I kind of wanted more of a setup to how things kind of happened on this train. And and maybe they did kind of bring it up in a subtle way, and I just really wasn't quite getting it. Um, but it just kind of, they just kind of dropped us, and we were just kind of confused until the very end. And I, then, yeah, just, just kind of had to enjoy the ride. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think what I thought about this this movie in the beginning and what I think about it now, and the same way I think about Okja, 
is that these are very heavy-handed films. So the yep. morals, the morals, and the the allegory to class and um, status and wealth and stuff like that is extremely clear. Um, and Bong Joon Ho does that also in Okja and also with like the environmental impact stuff as well. Um, it's, a, it's very, yeah. very heavy handed on like basically it's messages and what it's trying to tell you. So I think because of the kookiness of this movie, it actually kind of makes it more like it works because of that. Like I think it actually works because of how kooky it is. And Okja is kind of the same way. Um, whereas Parasite is a lot more subtle and a lot more slow burn and a lot more, it's a, a lot smarter and it's more smartly written than this one and Okja. So, so that's why I think that it's kind of obviously like Bong Joon-ho transformed into like, he made Parasite after making these like more heavy handed films. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I did like the kookiness of this. I liked how they went into all these different cars and it was kind of like a new a new scene, a new atmosphere, a new... like. And, and some of the cars seemed so unnecessary. Like, this oh, yeah. train is so long yeah. and they had a whole train for, like, of, of course, our whole water ecosystem, but it also had a sushi bar in it. Like, people have to go 20 train cars back to get to a sushi bar. Yeah. Um, it didn't so like, and I, really and I make sense, that. you know? I just, <laughs> yeah. and I like, I like that aspect of it. What I, I guess what I really didn't like is maybe, I didn't really like Chris Evans' character. I, I didn't mm -hmm. care about him. I didn't mm -hmm. really care what he was doing. Like, yeah. I, it was, it was fine that he was running a whole revolution and everything. Um, but, like, him and uh, is that Jamie Bell, right? Yeah, is that his name? Jamie Bell, yeah. Him and Jamie Bell, like, I really could have cared less about them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, totally. <laughs> they were just there, yeah. and I just, I didn't know what to think, and until the very end, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The, char the character I did like a lot, and I wish we had more of, was the actor from Parasite. Yes. He was fucking amazing. Yes, yes, um, that's uh, I think it's. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, Kong Ho Sung. He, him, and and the actress that played his daughter were fucking fantastic, and I yeah. loved them. And I, I would have wanted the entire movie to be about them. Like I don't even, I don't even care about Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I like that. I like the way it, it kind of subverts your expectations. The whole movie, like. Since I had watched it before, obviously it wasn't fresh eyes. So what were you expecting as they were going through? Like, were you surprised? Were you excited to see these different train cars? Were you excited to see who died and who lived? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't even really think about, I mean, the very, the least I knew about Snowpiercer was that it was like post-apocalyptic and everyone lived on this train. And yeah. and it was freezing cold outside. Like that was all I knew. I didn't I didn't even know that Chris Evans was like on the tail end of the of the train, and that this was where kind of where like they shoved all the all the low class people. Like I didn't even um, realize that like it was gonna kind of be like this. Um, and I really have no idea what I what I would have thought that this was gonna be about. But yeah, like every train that they went in, I was kind of like confused at first and then kind of like taking in the scene like the scene with the kids was amazing when yeah. they went into the to the kid car and all the kids were learning to like 
um, adore Wilson or something. What was his name? Wilson? Oh, Wilfred? Yeah. Um, what was uh, his name? Wilford. Wilford. Yeah, that, like, he was basically a god. Yeah. Um, who, like, saved them. Yeah. Like, like, those scenes were very impactful, and, like, I will... I will probably never forget that I've seen these scenes. Um, and it'll probably be like you, well, the, the hatchet scene where it, where it went dark was like, it was a really cool scene too, with like the the cinematography and the choreography and everything. That scene was really cool. Um, but like, I definitely liked the movie after they left the back of the ship because we kind of got more characters involved. We kind of got a bit more of Tilda Swinton's character, who I did like. She was very funny. Yeah. Um, I didn't think she, I didn't think she was gonna die. Yeah. Um, like I guess I didn't I didn't realize there'd be so much death. But yeah, a lot of it came to a surprise. I was I was shocked and surprised a majority of the time and confused. <laughs> the, those, those were my main emotions. Yeah, I think I think the whole like lady who goes and measures things. She's like really weird, and it's just like yeah. you you watch her do so these weird. things, and then you realize that like at the very end that it's to like find kids that will fit to to be a part that will like replace the engine um and it's it's just so off-putting and you kind of realize that like a madman is running this train and exactly the fact that like he actually like him and gilliam like plan rebellions to like keep the population down you know it yeah is <laughs> It's really weird, you know? It's like you're just ending the movie with, like, what the fuck just happened? And why did I just watch this? Like, it's... Yeah, that's certainly how I felt the first time I watched it, for sure. I was like, wow, that's how it ends, you know? Like... Yeah, it was kind of lackluster and, like, a little disturbed. Like, I was disturbed. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, again, you understand why I didn't want to watch it again, but I... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I I felt better watching it a second time. Like, I definitely wasn't, like, because I knew what was going to happen, I think it wasn't, like, as frightening to me because the scary parts to me are, there's so much violence and, like, so many people die and it's just so, the, the apathy of the people who don't really care versus... The deaths that happen. I mean, it's like the school teacher like whips out a gun, and yeah. and she's like pregnant and she gets killed, and it's just it's so gruesome, and it's just like, and she's shooting with a room with kids, and it's just like crazy. Yeah, like all the like weird little like things that are said, and like Tilda Swinton's like character is kind of like everybody is really straight. I'm so sorry. I have no idea what's going on outside. They're like fucking. Like, I don't know. People are revving their engines outside because they know I'm doing a podcast. Um, Always. They're here just to just to ruin it. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah. So, like, I was very concerned with how much... I just didn't want to have to, like, witness limbs being torn off again. And, like, you know, people, like, getting eaten and, and all, like, the fucking bricks of cockroaches and shit again like it was just like yeah it's so cockroach goo cockroach jello damn yeah it's funny i I was watching this with i'm gonna say this so so often because watching this i was was watching this with my little sister kimmy (laughs) and (laughs) and um and uh she's going to school to be a nutritionist and you know when when chris evans opens that that container 
uh, or like the tube, and he sees like the cockroaches being like smushed into the into the jello, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, he he like kind of throws up a little bit in his mouth, and Kimmy goes, "That's a great source of protein." <laughs> Well, yeah. 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 Bugs. Bugs. Bugs are a great source of protein. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and she agreed too. She wanted she wanted to know more like kind of uh pre she wanted to kind of know what happened prior to like this revolution happening, but I mean, I guess they kind of told you like it's just they yeah. they they live and suffer on this train and then they wait a couple of generations for another revolution to happen. Yeah. Like and then, then they yeah. make one. So, like, you, you kind of learn everything you need to learn by the end. But that doesn't mean it satisfied me. I was very <laughs> unsatisfied at the very end. I, 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 no. No. Uh, I just thought, like, that polar bear was going to come and eat them. Oh. No. I, I am happy that, that the daughter and uh, Timmy got out. I I wonder if the show will be about, like, grown-up Timmy. Uh, no. The show is about... I watched the trailer today. Okay. What's it going to be about? The show is about... So, David Diggs is the one who's at the end of the train. And the, the front of the train is Jennifer Connelly. And... Oh, so is this, like, generations later on the train? No, it's actually, like, only, like, six or so years into the train journey. So... When it first starts. Yeah, like, when it first starts. And I bet they're oh. going to make it because it's, like, a TV show. I think it's on FX... I think they are going to make it um, a it's, little... It's TNT. Oh, TNT. Okay, because that... Okay, that's a network television show, so it can't be extremely violent, so it's probably... No. And, and from what I've seen, it's not as grungy and dirty as the movie, because, like, truly, the production design on this movie was, like, A+. plus. So... Oh, yeah, it's definitely. definitely. This train not, yeah, was awesome. Like, the people that were living in filth, I mean, it looked horrible, and Chris Evans looked horrible like the whole time like everything all the production design was amazing the show looks a lot more polished and a lot more like everybody's clean and like their clothes are clean and it's like yeah they only look like slightly dirty like maybe they just have like some dirt smudges on their face and their like their clothes are only kind of scuffed yeah yeah no these (laughs) these people look like they had been living in filth for 10 years like for 17 years that's 17 years (laughs) yeah like it's it's bad. So, I mean, maybe I will watch the show, but, um... I'm, I'm interested. Like, I... Yeah. I'm interested. I don't know how I'm gonna watch TNT, because I don't, I don't pay for I, I don't know either, anymore, exactly. But... Like, I don't know how I'm gonna watch TNT, but, um... Maybe. Maybe I'll watch it. I mean, I like David Diggs. So, I mean, honestly, I will watch it for him. Um... Yeah, but... and I do like, a Was it Jennifer Connelly? Yeah. I do... I do like Jennifer Connelly, too. But I just feel like this... The... The purpose of the movie like if you if you watch the show you probably seen the movie i mean i'm not saying like you have but the purpose is to prove that this is like a microcosm of the earth right because it's like all of humanity and the fact that the head of it manu- manifests these uh riots to make population control that's the secret like you find that at the very end and it's like well then what else is like what could a what could a new Snowpiercer train TV show like lead you to know what the grand scheme of it the grand plan is because why else are you watching a show if you're not interested in the intimate relationships between people but also the grand plan true I mean they're gonna have to throw in some other 
type of twist and turn? I mean, are the same writers or, you know, producers that worked on the movie going to work on this show? I mean, is there going to be any hmm. any kind of correlation? For what I've seen, it's the creator of Orphan Black, which is this British uh, creator. I've um, heard good things about that show. Yeah, so obviously, like, that's a plus. But... I don't know. Like, from what I... This trailer is kind of a weird trailer. Like, I don't... I don't really like it. There's, like, a lot of sex in it. It's, like... Interesting. That's alright, I guess. I mean, it's gonna be a show, so I bet they're gonna go a lot more heavily on the relationships. Which I feel like the movie... This... The movie could have maybe used a bit more, because everyone felt so separated. And, like... And even though... Like, and maybe that's kind of how it's supposed to feel, because, like, you know, no one really wants to get too close to anyone, especially Chris yeah. Evans, since yeah. he was, since yeah. he was, like, eating people uh, in the beginning of the mm-hmm. train. Mm-hmm. Like, when the train, when he first got on the train, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess that makes sense, that no one really got too close, but just the fact that everyone was so distant, and I just, like, didn't, I, I had a hard time, like, believing chris evans that that he that he truly did what he did like i was like this is fucking captain america he didn't eat no babies (laughs) (laughs) i did like his story though i thought he did a good job telling it see that's how you see that's how you feel about this movie that's how i felt about um ad astra i just thought that that whole situation like everything with that movie if you go listen to that podcast that's how I felt. I felt disconnected the whole fucking time, and I didn't care about anybody, and I was like, this is useless. Everything is useless. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree with that, too. And, and Astra was, was a little out there. It was a little, uh, it was a little too artsy, but I, I still liked it. Like, I'd probably watch Ad Astra over Snowpiercer again. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's Sorry, only... I just like I just like pulled a, a Britney Broski kombucha girl. I was like I was like you know I was I was like well, mm, well mm. yeah um, I completely like don't I just don't I I do like I like sci-fi um, obviously this is a dystopian sci-fi and it's really hard to get like those those right and I feel like this is a pretty good dystopian sci-fi like. It's, like, up there with Mad Max. Like, Mad Max is really good, too. Like, the new one. Yeah. Yeah. Mad Max is, like, is, like, very... Felt very real, almost. Like, it was so serious that, like, you could only take it seriously, and it just felt really real. Like, I feel like with a lot of sci-fi, it can get corny pretty quickly, and it's hard to keep it on on the straight path or the serious path. Um, And this one was kind of interesting, where, like, they tried to put in the dark humor and then still still had a very dark story as well. Yeah, um, totally. So that's, and, and I felt like that was a tough line for it to stay on because maybe, maybe if it didn't, well, I, I liked all the funny parts that had to do with, uh, with, uh, Tilda? With, K, with, with Kang's oh. character. Oh, yeah. Like, cause you know, he just was kind of like sassy and. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. Like in, in your face about it. But Good use of, Til- of cursing as well. Yes, exactly, and uh, and Tilda, she was she was a little 
too out there sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Like, she Jeez. almost lost me. Like, when yeah. I when I would see her in some of her scenes, I was like, am I still watching the same movie? <laughs> like, it just... She's so bizarre. Her, like, She's so accent bizarre. is really weird. Or, like, removable And, like, her teeth. false teeth. Oh, gosh. She's so funny. I love Tilda so much. Could not be more opposite to the character she played in I Am Love. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. She's... <laughs> she is, like... She, she is just like Johnny Depp. She is such a, she is such a, a shapeshifter. She's a chameleon. Like a, yeah. She's a chameleon. It's crazy. It's crazy. I love her so much. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. And yes, I did love Kang Ho's song as well. He was like fantastic. Um, and I like John Hurt as well because I felt like his character was so perfect for that, that role that they put him oh, yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, yeah. And, you know, yeah, the 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 whole like dynamic between everybody was really strange but yeah i guess uh, i don't know are there any or anything that really stick out to you that you thought like maybe could have done been done better hmm hmm it's just so depressing it's like the whole thing is just incredibly depressing because, like, there's p- these people's kids were taken away from them, and then they're just like, so these people are dying like crazy, and there's just like limbs being torn off. And and like and that's the hard thing. Like it's it's like you ask me if there's anything about it that I that you know I think could be fixed. Like I mean, the I I remember not liking the screenplay that much. Like the, there, there were some there were some conversations between people to where, or, or just things that that Chris Evans would say that I was just like, okay, maybe this could have been dealt with a bit a bit better, or yeah. just like kind of explained better, yeah, or maybe like because it it just seemed like the the I don't want to say that the screenplay was like lazy, but it just seemed like they had such they had such prominent scenes and prominent like messages they were trying to say yeah that that the screenplay just wasn't keeping up with it yeah totally i i think you, it's i think you're right it's like you have this crazy ass train with like all yeah. these crazy stories that could be told and you kind of just stick with this very one focus story which is usually good because you can really pack on that and really delve into that but the fact that it was kind of very loose and vague and yeah. just kept you guessing till the end like yeah. you could have kept us guessing like i was never gonna guess that children were sticking their hands and gears in this train keeping it together <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i was never gonna i'm i was never gonna fucking get that you could have <laughs> you could have thrown you could have thrown some development in there yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah and Ed Harris's you, character too was just so nonchalant. Like he's just like, it, oh, I I I didn't like him as Wilford. I don't know. It's like I when when I saw Ed Harris, I was like, all right, it's this guy. So he's obviously wacko because because everything he's in is he's like a crazy man. Yeah, I mean um, the Man in Black, and like also in um, the Truman Show, he's the one who calls all the shots, and he did the same thing in this movie. Yeah, he's he's. <laughs> basically a one-trick pony he's an insane man who's in control of things <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly 
yeah. And it's like, so so him being at the end of the train, I was like, all right, well, this is well, was all just a sham. We can just leave now. Like, <laughs> the, like the fact that Ed Harris was there waiting for you just to give away the, the secret, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm out of here. It's yeah. like, it's great seeing you, Ed. I'll see you next time. Like, he, it's just... He, he goes like, oh, Curtis, you know, I want you to run the train. And I'm like, what are you... What makes you think that Curtis is going to run this train? Based on everything he's just been through for 17 years, do you really, really think that this man is going to, like, let this continue? Like, this whole system? Yeah, he was like, you made me eat babies. Why would I run this train? (laughs) Yes, you asshole. You complete asshole. He didn't actually say that. Like, he didn't, he didn't actually say it, but he did, like, that was his move, you know, he wanted to save the kid, and he lost his arm in the process, you know, so. Yeah, because, yeah, because the the chance he had to, wait, so how did he get his his cut on his arm? Did he try to cut off his arm so he could give it to people for food, or did did. he try to? He said that, like, people were, were, people were, like, giving up their limbs uh, in order to save babies from being eaten, Um, because, like, then they could eat the body parts instead. Um, and Right. So but he said that it was all volunteers, so he, he couldn't bring himself to do it because he would have to, like, cut off a limb. Yeah, and so the so, fact that he, you know, he sacrifices his arm to save to save Timmy, who he luckily didn't eat. Um, Timmy, so that yeah. Timmy, So that Timmy could live another day. Yeah, I mean, I like the scene where he had to decide if he wanted to go get... Um, Tilda Swinton's character or save Edgar um, and he had to make a oh, choice. It, you yeah, know, that yeah. was like pretty sad, you know? It was sad and and it was probably it was probably the one time I respected Chris Evans. <laughs> In the, the, movie. The, the The fact that he went for Tilda and I mean, I'm, I'm sorry his friend died but I it's just like... It, their relationship wasn't even close, so like it didn't like like they were trying to make it seem like it was, but it was still distant. Yeah. So like, well, because and it makes like, sense because yeah. Chris Evans keeps everyone at a distance except well, yeah. for except for Gilliam. Yeah. Um. Who who ended up like betraying him? Who basically ended up betraying him? So it, it, yeah. <laughs> wrong wrong decisions made everywhere. Yeah. Oh, did you catch that guy, uh, Luke Pasqualino, who played the gray guy, um, the fighter dude? Um, Luke Pasqualino? Yes, he played that, like, fighter guy. Um, oh, yeah, like the guy who could who could jump off of stuff and, mm-hmm, like, and mm-hmm. like uh, choke people with his legs. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember him because he was in, he was in Skins. I see that. I don't remember him in Skins. What, what the season one, was he in? Spoiler alert, he's the one that gets murdered. Oh, okay. I, I never got that far. I don't think you did. He was Effie's boyfriend in Skins. Oh, okay. Um, for a while. And like Oh, he's in he's in Miranda. Yeah, he's in that one he's in that well, he's in two episodes. He's in the he's in the hotel. He's he's the bellhop in that the best oh. episode of Miranda, the one in the hotel room. You know, where she goes on the staycation, like, in the, she tells everybody that she's going on vacation and she just goes and stays in the hotel instead. And then, yeah, she gets, it's, I just watched Miranda. (laughs) 
the best ep- it's the best episode of Miranda. It's it's hands down the best episode of Miranda. Oh man, I need to rewatch Miranda. This it's is just so good. It was very beginning of quarantine for me and Alex. Like we we tried to pull it out and make it last, but we just loved it too much. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a real good time. <laughs> well, anyway, let's uh let's go to the um uh, clock keywords here. And I'll I'll look at the trivia while you read the plot keywords. All right. So the plot keywords we got for Snowpiercer are train, perpetual winter, closed ecological system, population control, dystopia. Wow. This is a <laughs> These are some these are some complex plot keywords we got here. Closed ecological system. Wow, I what, love it. What other movies Wow, there's only three titles that have this plot keyword. There's Room 104, which I guess is a show? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Possibly. Yeah. And it's only one episode. Okay. And then Snowpiercer the movie and Snowpiercer gonna be the show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. It's very specific. Yeah. I'm gonna look at this population control one. So, and wait, there's a lot of really good trivia in here. Okay. Is there really? Oh my god, they're all so I'm great. Gonna okay, I just gotta read okay. like all of them. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, so okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> we, got, we got time. We we like speed. We just sped through this movie. We only went for thirty minutes. I know. Let's let's just read like every. Let's just read all these. Okay, first one. Director Bong Joon Ho often clashed with producer Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein, excuse me, who frequently eh, interfered. Whatever in, you could say his name. I though. know. I could oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. who, who frequently interfered in order to create his version of the film. Among Ooh. the many requests, the producer insisted of having the fish scene removed in favor of more action. Bong, who considered it his favorite shot in the film, was adamant to keep it in. He told the producer that he wanted to keep the shot for a personal reason, as a tribute to his late father, who was a fisherman. Upon hearing this, Weinstein said that the family that family is very important to him, so he granted Bong to keep the shot. In an interview, the director said, It was a fucking lie. My father was not a fisherman. Oh my god, Bong, my man! <laughs> oh my god. If that's what? the most Bong Juno shit you've ever heard, oh my what god. What a king! I what a it. fucking king! Ugh. Wow, oh I got my god. I, I love that scene. I love the fish scene. And, and I, I love the green room scene, too. Like, I, um, like I, I wanted to... I don't know. I wanted more stuff to happen in those. Like we saw all these really awesome rooms in the train, and I just I kind of wanted stuff to happen in them. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you have all these great places to to have like you know conversations or scenes or you know little side stories. And well, we, that's like, we're maybe in them you should watch the like TV two show. Seconds. Emily, you're really interested. You know what? You know what? Maybe I am interested. That's what's gonna be in the TV show? Okay. All right. I'll figure it out. TNT, I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, so it also says, there was no additional lighting used in filming the torchlight fight scene. That is impressive. What? That is oh my gosh. really, really impressive. Like That's insane. The DP, oh my god, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, I like the next one. <laughs> okay, you can read it. Uh, Bong Jun ho explained that the protein block was made of combining seaweed tangle sugar and gelatin jamie bell hated it while tilda swinton liked it of course tilda liked it 
Of course Tilda liked it. Uh, the next one is writer and director Bong Joon-ho had reservations about casting Chris Evans in the lead role because of his muscular physique. He felt that as a resident of the extremely poverty-stricken tail section, Chris should not be especially physically fit. Costuming and careful camera angles kept Evans' physique from showing. Did it. <laughs> did, did it, though? Mm, I don't think he looked nah. as big as he does in Captain America, but... I mean, yeah, sure. And that could just be because they had a lot of close-ups of, like, his face. Oh, you know what I didn't like about the costuming, about the makeup? What? Was that Chris Evans had, like, an amazing buzz cut, and his beard was trimmed, like, perfectly. And I just feel like it wouldn't have been that. Like, if you, you have to really, like, look in a mirror or like use clippers in order to get a buzz like that you can't just like you can't just cut those you can't just get that with scissors it's very hard to like make it look that even you know and i just doubt that they would care to make his buzz cut and his beard look that nice yeah i feel like i kind of noticed that too like a lot of people looked really shabby or they were just like bald and then chris evans still had like a really nice looking beard like, it just was, I don't you know. You have to keep yeah. a beard like that up. Like, it's not, it's not like it's just easy to have, you have to, like, keep it up. Yeah. He should have had, like, some crazy neck beard going. Like, that, <laughs> like that's, like, like, like a crazy neck, like, it looks like a beehive which is, like, on your face. Like, that's what it needed to look like. Okay. Sure. <laughs> All right, next up. Um, Let's see. Sir John Hurt's character's name, Gilliam, is an homage to Terry Gilliam, a director whose filmography includes similarly bleak science fiction, fantasy, and end-of-the-world titles such as Brazil, Twelve Monkeys, and The Zero Theorem. I'm a big fan of Terry Gilliam. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never watched The Zero... Did we watch The Zero Theorem? No, no we, did we, we haven't, but I've seen Brazil and Twelve Monkeys. It? They're very good as well. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe we should do, like, a Terry Gilliam, like, bio and watch all the stuff he's made. Because he also made, recently he made that uh, Don Quixote movie with Adam Driver. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, okay. wanna, I wanted to watch, too. It took him, like, 20 <laughs> years to make it. When was the last time we did a, a bio episode? It was, was that Karen Knightley? Knightley? Yes, and that was And then we never did another ago. one. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we never did another one. I want to do one on Terry Gilliam. That sounds like a really good idea. Okay, that sounds fun. I'm okay. down. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just watch everything he's done and then we'll just like do a bio on him. So we'll slowly yeah. get that done. Yeah, expect that in like three months. <laughs> yeah. Um. yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, according to filmmakers, trained babies like Yona um, developed animalistic hearing skills. Yeah, she she uh-huh. was awesome. She the was fact that she could like too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I, I dig it. Um, I could dig it too. All right. Yeah. What's this one? Drawings and tail section. Oh, by the the artist. Yeah. Original the... comic artist of the graphic novel. Travel. Whoa. Wait. I'm gonna... So this is in French, so I'm just gonna let you try to figure out how to say this, Emily. Les... <laughs> I got the first part. Les... Les... Um, I have no idea what a French accent even sounds like, but, uh... Transpercensage? Sense... Sensage? 
Whoa. I don't know. Is this is this what the graphic novel is actually called? Yeah. It's not called Snowpiercer? No, it's it's the I'm gonna go with this is the transport. Let me let me just see what, what that word is. Yeah, Look yeah, it up. yeah. Who was, Search who Google. was Mason? Wrote the part of oh, who was Mason? Uh, Mason is the Tilda Swinton character. Oh, um, it means I'll just read the snowfall, next. Emily. Oh, snowfall. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, it looks almost more like transparent instead of like trans transport or whatever uh, i think nij is is i did not say that correctly and it's probably like niche or something like that in french but that's that's definitely snow I, i'm pretty sure that that word is snow okay because sure neve neve in italian is snow and so oh and so just like italian and spanish italian and french are so close well they are <laughs> yeah they're they're romantic languages I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Alessandra. I, I tried to use Spanish while we were in Sicily, and it helped me nothing. It helped I mean, me nowhere. it's better than nothing. <laughs> I guess. It is better than nothing, for sure. Um, I'm going to read the next one. Uh, Bong Jun ho first wrote the part of Mason with John C. Riley in mind, but then adapted the character for Tilda Swinton, though he intentionally left lines of Mason being referred to in a masculine form in the script, which show up in the movie. Okay. Cool. I'm glad he went with Tilda. Just cause, yeah. just cause, just cause Tilda. Just cause Tilda. Yeah, Tilda's amazing. It also says Tilda's that Jamie a Bell's, beast. Jamie Bell's character, Edgar, was named after director Edgar Wright. Ooh. Who, who you know, directed like, uh, Shaun of the Dead and Baby Driver. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, Baby Driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the other yeah. ones, yeah. I don't like Baby Driver very much either. I don't I don't like Baby Driver. <laughs> um Let's see. Okay, and then this one says it's based on the French graphic novel. Cool. It's now I'm now I'm actually more interested in reading it now that I know it's a French graphic novel. I wonder if you can get it in in English. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um Chris Evans personally contacted Bong Jun Ho for the audition after hearing the casting news. Wow, Chris. He went for it, and he got it. <laughs> you know, honestly, good for him, because, like, his his movies where he does, like, indies are not very good. Because, like, Chris Evans is, like, what? I don't know. He's fine, I guess. What? I he's, just don't... He, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, like, an okay actor. Yeah, he's fine. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. dislike him. I like Chris Evans, but I'm just saying, like, you know. That that movie that he made, that the one night only movie or whatever, looked horrible. One night only. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, but... he. Or, no, sorry. It's it's called Before We Go. He directed it. Oh, still never heard of it. <laughs> I liked him in uh, in Knives Out. <clears throat> oh yeah, he was. He was actually really great in Knives Out. I feel like... <laughs> he was perfect in Knives Out. He, yeah. He's, I mean, he's really great as Captain America, and he's, and he's really great in Knives Out. I, I don't know why I didn't really like him in this. 
maybe maybe it was this maybe it was a screenplay like they just really didn't give him any nothing like notable to say like i feel like everything he said just could have been thrown out the window and just forgotten forever well i thought he was more of a like physical presence than a than like a you know heavily dialogue i don't think he character. was that much of a like i thought he was such a forgettable character <laughs> <laughs> yeah like not yeah. to be totally mean but i yeah like t- yeah. The, the train could have gone on without him. <laughs> you know Chris Evans is from Boston? What? Yeah. Get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, and there's a lot of trivia here, Elsa. Are we really going to read all this? Nah, man, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to the Metascore. Yeah. All right, what do we got? All right, the average Metascore is an 84. Wow. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, That's you know, really good. I'm, like I said before, out of all the post-apocalyptic slash dystopian movies I've seen, this one is pretty good. Like, in general. It's better than The Hunger Games. It's better than, you know, like, the other YA novel shit. Because it, it's not afraid. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's and if there's one thing we know about, about Bong Joon-ho, it's that he's not afraid. It's, he's a, he is a confident man, and he will do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> um, let's see. What do we got in terms of uh, some, what critics are saying? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, I'll, I'll read the lowest one, the Slant Magazine. All right. One, the all 63, right. which is pretty, still really high. Um, the film preaches resolutely to the choir, and cinephiles in sync with the film's politics may still blanch at how snugly their interests are courted. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'll read the IndieWire one. That one's kind of mean. Well, wait, but does this Slant one basically kind of mean that, like, critics liked it, but non-critics didn't really like it? Or, like, sorry, this person wrote it very, uh, I don't quite understand the Slant Magazine one. I think what it means is that people who are watching this movie are gonna see that it's kind of like a fan service situation, where it's like, like I said, it's too on the nose because it's so well courted to cinephiles which is kind of mean to say like i feel like it's a backhanded compliment in a in a sense that slant magazine is like it's too good so i'm gonna give it a lower score you know Mm. yeah okay interesting and you like Um, said like the indie wire one yeah do you want me to read it oh yeah sure Uh, okay um, IndieWire gave it a 75 on unapologetically long and messy <laughs> Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Snowpiercer offers an unhinged ride that's worth the investment for its mixture of batty personalities, consistently impressive visuals, and mad swipes at heavy symbolism jam-packed together. Oh I mean, God. yeah. If we could, yeah. if we just said all those things, like, I swear to God, sometimes when we, we do these podcasts and we review, like, we don't look at these things usually beforehand these these metascores and like 
I feel like yeah. we said all of those things just talking about yeah. this movie. Exactly. And and honestly, like I I would have I would have rather seen the meta score for this maybe more at a seventy five. Like I feel like IndieWire like was on the dot with this. Yeah, Eric, Eric, reach out. We we want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I always like IndieWires. I've always found that there's a, they're they're very on the nose with what we're thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I it, we did we did say all of the stuff. <laughs> Um, I'm going to read the Guardian one, which is the 80. Uh, The way the allegory works out is not exactly subtle or unexpected, but it's strangely moving despite the gruesomeness that has gone before. And in all, a treat. All in all, a treat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I guess. Maybe maybe not the first treat you pick, but like a close second. Like a close second. Yeah, like I could see that the people would really like this, you know? Like there's somebody out there who this is their favorite movie. Yeah, oh I I know my coworker really really liked this movie. And I you say your other coworker like didn't didn't like this movie? Um Oh no, I was talking about I was talking about my internet friend. (laughs) Oh right. That's right. (laughs) They yeah, they don't like this. They don't like this movie. (laughs) Um Yeah. Let's see. Let's let's look at these one hundreds. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what they have to say. Um. Which one do I want to read? Maybe I'll read the Cineview one. Okay. Uh, Cineview gave it a hundred. Uh, Snowpiercer evolved steadily, growing richer with every step, and slowly feeding us morsels of information enriching this ludicrous premise with enough magic and wonder to suspend our disbelief entirely that's very I nice mean, yeah yeah that's, that's yeah. very nice patrick I, I agree which is what i was saying earlier well yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it is a ridiculous idea and it's just like it if you think about it too much it doesn't make sense so it's like don't you know like that's why it's so kooky and fun <laughs> Maybe that was my... I was thinking about it far too much. <laughs> I needed to think less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you could just tear it apart, but that's not the point of the movie, you know? No. It's it's probably meant to be enjoyed and just to, you know, learn a thing or two, maybe. And I don't there's know. a lot of action in it, you know? It's like, that's yeah, fun. The yeah, action, the action scenes were, were really well done. They were real fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, like, a massive action fan, but... Neither am I, but I I do like tasteful gore, and I think this was very tasteful. Yeah. There's just a lot of death. Yeah, there's a lot of death, but, you know, it it was tasteful. It was tasteful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, now that was we, are, Snowpiercer. we are going to pick our next... Oh, shit, the wheel. The wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Emily and I put, um... A new movie on the wheel. We did it last time. Like smart people. Uh... Yeah. If you noticed, it was it was spelled wrong, but I've now fixed it. Go no, ahead and I, find my mistake. I I didn't post that yet because we had to post the Snowpiercer one first. So that's not. We haven't posted the new <gasps> one. What? Well, then why did I? I don't know, Emily. I don't know why. Well, then why did I record it already? Wait. What do you mean? Did I did I not add? We haven't picked the next movie yet. What is oh. on the list? 
Will, will you tell okay. me what is on this wheel? I'm sorry, I'm 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 freaking out. Okay, here we go. Um, now we've got on the list RoboCop from 1987, Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater from 1990, Stranger Than Fiction, uh, Twister, I think is what that says, <laughs> and Ghost from 1990. And then, aren't you gonna add Rhinestone? Oh, and rhinestone. Sorry, I just, I just <laughs> didn't, just didn't even read that one. <laughs> okay, so we're adding rhinestone. rhinestone. We're adding rhinestone to the list, which I think is a movie with Dolly Parton. I added this movie, so if it gets picked, we'll just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Control. Wait. How do I do this? Control. And we had to write it down because she, she kept forgetting, and I was like, "Why don't you just put it? Why don't you just write it down next to your computer, Emily? Then you'll figure it out." <laughs> It's a whole arm and shit. I'm not even doing this right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I got this. I got I, this. I give her one thing to do every week, and she can't even do this one. I can't thing. even do that. I can't. I can't even do it. <laughs> just, just, just fire me. G, got it. Okay, here we go. Let's record and pick a new movie. What do we got? What do you, what are you hoping for, Alessandra? I'm hoping for Pump Up the Volume 1990 with Christian Slater. All right, I'm hoping for Ghost. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's gonna Here we be go. Robocop. It's gonna be like a Robocop. Okay, wait. Wait, wait, don't, don't fucking do it. Alessandra! What? What? <laughs> it's Robocop! No! no! I thought you were gonna say it was Pop Up the Volume! No! No, I'm sorry. It's It's what you said. It's what you yeah, said it was actually going to be, which was RoboCop. Every single time we fucking spin this wheel, it's something I don't want to watch. Ugh, why? Okay. I'm excited to watch RoboCop. I, know, I am excited to watch RoboCop, but that was the one I wanted to watch least on this list. <laughs> oh, I think the one I wanted to watch least on this list was Rhinestone. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. Ugh. All right. So, uh... So RoboCop is gonna be our next. It's gonna be our next one. How the um, fuck when, did I get that? How? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I have an intuition. Just, I have like a sense. Yeah, I you have a. I've, I'm clairvoyant. Yeah, you have a seventh sense for picking for picking things on a roulette wheel. Oh, um, should go on. Uh, should go on Wheel of Fortune. Oh yeah, you should. You really should. <laughs> But but until after COVID, yeah. Um, all right. So that was Snowpiercer. Um, if if any of you guys liked Snowpiercer, hated Snowpiercer, or just uh, want to say hi to us, you can leave a comment down below on SoundCloud or Facebook. Just search "All by the Popcorn," or you can email us at allbythepopcorn at gmail or allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail If you want to rate our little show that we have here, it really helps others to find our show. Uh, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And uh, if you need notifications on future episodes we release, you can follow our social media. We've got Twitter, at By the Popcorn, and Instagram, at All By the Popcorn Podcast. And uh, we also have merch, and we've got a YouTube channel. Just search All By the Popcorn Podcast and, and follow our page, um, follow our YouTube channel, we hope to use that in the future, hopefully with a live recordings of shows so that you guys could, like, see how we record these things. Um, and it could be a lot of fun. And uh, I think that is it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.